From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, the market's taking a little bit of a stumble. Let's take a look at those crypto prices coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. And today I just want to kind of talk about price a little bit. Look at the crypto price, the stock market, so on and so forth. Some ideas and philosophies that are swirling around out there. And, you know, the Only Podcast is one of those podcasts that I love because, and I've told you this many times on the show, is because you have many different perspectives coming from this situation or coming from looking at a situation. For example, the stock market prices is the bottom end and so on and so forth. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, said this morning that he can see the S&P 500 falling another 20%. And so on the Unload podcast, there's three conflicting opinions about what's happening and what you should do. There's David Freeberg, there's Chamath Palihapitiya, and there's David Sachs. Chamath Palihapitiya, he says that the bottom is probably in. We're going to move sideways for a while. Of course, we can go down a little bit, up a little bit. But for the most part, start buying now. Start getting into it because we're going to see ups come because we're pretty much seeing the bottom. David Freeberg kind of says the same thing. And he also says to buy. However, what he says is he says that if you buy now, the risk to profit ratio is that you will inevitably win. Yes, you could lose another 20% or so on and so forth. But even if you're buying now, the risk of staying out of the market is greater than the risk going into the market at this point. And that's a very interesting way to look at it as, hey, do I lose money on the short term to make a lot of money in the long term? And how much do I lose? Or do I try to time the market, stay out until it starts going up, and then do I make as much money as if I just got in and took that initial loss? I really like that kind of way of looking at it because it kind of breaks this whole, I don't know, wait for it to go up, wait for the market to turn, chime the market sort of thing, just basically dollar cost average into it, and you'll see the markets do what the markets usually do. David Stacks, on the other hand, he looks at the whole global perspective. His idea is that nobody is going to not hold cash or put money into the markets when we have this threat of tactical nukes being used in Ukraine and North Korea using nukes or threatening nukes and shooting ICBMs across Japan and so on and so forth. In North Korea just today, they changed the way that how nukes can be used or who can authorize nukes. Before, it was only Kim that could authorize a nuclear attack. And it was only in defense. Now North Korea can authorize the use of nuclear weapons in a tactical fashion. And not just Kim can authorize it, but the generals on the front lines can authorize it. For example, if North Korea is attacked, South Korea goes into North Korea, and they want to preemptively stop casualties or make a superior strike, they can say, hey, we're just going to nuke them. And so David Sachs say, and I know this is actually crazy that we're talking about this right now. Trust me, this should not even be in our lexicon or conversation. If a nuke is used in any shape and form, I just want to go on record saying that that's bad. Super bad. The markets are the last thing we have to worry about. But 
if we're talking about timing into the markets or going into the markets or see what's going to happen with crypto, David Sachs, this is what I'm saying, is David Sachs says, nobody is going to put significant funds into markets if there is a threat of nuclear war or any kind of nuclear attack or any kind of nuclear weapon being used because people want to hold cash, make sure they're liquid in case of the worst. And I think that's a very good idea. I'm going with that one because the news today and what's happening out there in the markets, what's happening out there, the geopolitical conversations incentivizes people to hold cash. I'm incentivized to hold cash. What are you thinking? Matthew and Crypto.co. Now I know we shouldn't be over here talking about how to make money and in relation to these different things. It's like almost like a very sobering conversation we're having. And the same time we're talking about the markets, you know, but, you know, I really do think David Sachs has something here. And yes, maybe they all have something at the same time. Even if you're going into it right now and we resolve these issues here very shortly, then you know what? The markets might go up. The Fed adjusts interest rates and so on and so forth. However, if we always have this looming threat over our head and the same thing with lockdowns, the same thing with, you know, uh, COVID or any kind of big outbreak that causes governments and markets to close for some reason, these are the things that are still hanging over our head that makes markets very uncomfortable. Very uncertain. Anyway, what do you think? Matthew and Crypto.co. Speaking of markets, let's take a look at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the time is 9.38 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin. It's sitting at $19,108. It's down 1.5% in 24, 4.5% in 7. Ethereum is down 2.5% in 24 at $1,280. But we have some Ethereum news, which is actually kind of exciting. Since Saturday, the ETH supply has dropped over 4,000 tokens, according to data from Ultrasound Money. Ultrasound.money, to be exact. This turn marks the first deflationary run where more ETH was destroyed than created, which is very exciting. Tether's number 3, USDC's number 4, and Binance is at 271, down 1.2%. Rounding off the top 10, XRP, Binance, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. But we're also looking at some losses and gains across the board. SHIB, still ranked number 15. I can't even tell you the price because there's a lot of zeros in front of it. But it's down around 5% in 24. Ethereum Classic is down around 8% in 24. Terra Luna, Terra Classic, is up like 43% in 24. However, USTC, Terra Classic is up almost 100% on the week. I think it's at like 80-something percent. Cool B is on fire because of its recent acquisition. It's up 10% in 24. It's sitting at $5.31. The total market cap is down 1.8%, though. It's at $921.8 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 31.8 and an F dominance of 17.1. Moving into a little news today. <laughs> I said little news like... Uh, like the news is secondary to what we do. No, this is we are a news channel, we are a news show, and my commentary should be secondary, but today we have little news, literally. Anyway, Coinbase, they revealed regulatory approval from Singapore's central bank and financial watchdog, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, to provide payment services in the country. In principle, this approval will allow them to regulate digital payment token products and services regulated under Singapore's Payment Service Act. The news comes after Coinbase first launched a tech hub in the Southeast Asian country in November of 2021. 
Coinbase currently has around 100 employees in Singapore, but it's mostly product engineers. What other crypto platforms have the ability to operate in Singapore? Crypto.com, Luno, and Paxos. The cable news network CNN. Well, they pulled the plug in their Web3 experiment. They confirmed on Monday evening. Volt by CNN was created last year and offers buyers non-fungible tokens that commemorated major news events. The Volt team said in a statement, Volt was originally launched as a six-week experiment, but the support and engagement from the community let us expand the project into something much bigger. Well, the community was always on the edge. They're going, hey, this is a cool idea. Some of the people in the community, I never knew this actually existed. Well, because they closed it, the community says it's a rug pull. Users pointed out that Vault has been teasing upcoming features and drops as recently as last month. And CNN has perks and merchandise that are listed as coming soon. A CNN staffer confirmed on Discord there would be some sort of distribution to compensate those who bought NFTs. The distribution will be either in flow tokens or stablecoins deposited in each of the collector's wallets. The CNN staffer said, We are currently working out the details, but expect that the distribution amount will be around 20% of the original mint price for each Vault NFT owned. Yikes. Rug pull. And I didn't even know this existed. I had no clue. I mean, kind of looking at CNN Plus here, how they launched that. Nobody really used it. Nobody cared about it. And then they pulled it. Same thing with this. It goes to the breaking points. If you guys know breaking points on YouTube, they are kind of a, I would say, middle of the road, uh, alternative media news source. Well, they always say this, mainstream media is failing, and they know it. And I think they do know it. We know it. Nothing that they're putting out lately is any good. The news isn't good. Their products aren't good. Them trying to break their mold isn't good. They just can't do it. Sometimes you just have legacy things, legacy actors, legacy people in businesses that just don't know how to pivot, don't know how to change. Either kill the brand and launch something new, get new people in there, and just destroy the whole thing. Know that you're going to have a down market for about five years until you build it back up again. But honestly, all of these news centers, all this mainstream media is failing. And they know it. The G20 is made up of countries such as China, India, South Korea, Brazil, the U.S., and the U.K., just to name a few. Well, the G20 finance ministers and central bank governors will review a 100-page crypto asset reporting framework. This proposed framework and amended standards may mean the beginning of the end of the Wild West cryptocurrency and the varied patchwork of international regulations. World leaders are recognizing that crypto is a trillion-dollar industry. Only a trillion-dollar industry now. It's a trillions of dollars industry. And that some illicit traders may abuse crypto's permissionless and anonymous nature to evade sanctions, taxes, or engage in other illicit activities. So long story short is, in the back end, in the shadowy darknesses behind the curtains, the G20 is making a framework that they're going to roll out globally. And finally, one of our crypto tax havens are not a haven for taxes anymore. But wait, there's a catch. One second. The Portuguese government has proposed a new cryptocurrency tax policy that will take effect in 2023. It will impose a 28% capital gains tax on cryptocurrency gains made within one year. However, gains realized after one year of holding crypto assets will be exempt from such tax. Basically, short-term capital gains opposed to long-term capital gains. 28% for short-term looks like 0% for long-term. Hoddle, y'all. Hoddle. The proposal intends to treat crypto as equal to other industries and to establish a clear framework for crypto taxation. The 28% is standard on all capital gain taxes in the country. 
Now, people in the crypto industry always knew Portugal was 0% capital gains tax on crypto. And so a lot of people were moving there that had some crypto gains. And Portugal saw a massive 40% increase in immigration from 2011 to 2021. Now, obviously, there's many reasons to move to Portugal. For people across the EU, Portugal was a cheap destination for vacationing. They went there and found that there was cheaper real estate. People in France started buying uh, places in Portugal and moving there for many different reasons, for vacation homes, all kinds of things, start the businesses. So it's not just crypto taxes that are making people move there. However, there are people in the EU that were looking at for taxes in France and Italy, and they're like, hey, let's just go to Portugal. We can buy a, another place there or call that our residence and stay there for a little bit of the year or stay other places a little bit of the year or even move there. And so there was a big influx of crypto tax haven searchers or goers in, in, in Portugal. So, well, that's going to change. However, if you're a long-term hodler, it doesn't seem like you have to worry about it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer, Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. Go to Spotify, click that five stars, hit those five stars, or whatever you're listening to this podcast. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>